Hello and welcome to the Muni Oral History Project, where we explore the stories and rich history of the Springfield Municipal Opera over the past 60 years. Stories from the people who have built, experienced, and performed what we'd like to refer to as Muni Magic. Sit back and relax and listen to these tales of Broadway under the stars. Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this Muni Oral History Project. My name is Craig McFarland and I will be conducting some of these interviews, but the man who has been conducting uh, far more interviews than I have and also really helped generate this project and bring it to life was Jacob Potty. Jacob, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Craig? Doing really well and uh, excited to talk a bit about Muni tonight. So I thought what we could do as kind of an introduction to this project is just talk about why we are doing it, what we hope to accomplish with it. And then, you know, we've been asking a lot of our guests uh, and a lot of our wonderful contributors to this project questions about their Muni experience. So I thought you and I could share a bit about our Muni experience as well as kind of a primer into the uh, future episodes and future interviews that we've done. So I guess the first thing is to ask you, why do this now? What, what is it about collecting these stories that interest you or, or why did you decide to set out and do this? Well, we'd been talking about doing this for several years off and on and um, shows and getting the Muni ready for the season and the season, it just never happened other than talking to it and talking to some people about it. But with the pandemic and things shut down and theater stopping, it just seemed the perfect time to do it. It's certainly nice to have those stories to come back to, right? And and to think about all those amazing summers that we've had and to think about all the amazing summers we will have moving forward in the future. I'm excited about the opportunities that we have and the, the stories that we've collected I mentioned uh, right at the top that I've done a few of these interviews, but you, sir, um, I made the joke once that if I was like John Jay in the Federalist Papers, you are Alexander Hamilton here. Uh, You have done so many of these interviews. Um, You know, we have quite a bit of them that we've recorded over the fall and the winter, and we will be releasing those a bit at a time. And then that way you can sort of listen to them and hear these stories. Uh, And then we're going to also invite you to be involved. This is an ongoing project, right, Jacob? We're not going to stop here. Yes, exactly. And I think it's important because the Muni is such a staple within Springfield and it's brought so many people together. It's brought couples together. It's brought friends together. And I think it's, it's great to be able to capture those memories and those stories. And especially for someone that might be either missing theater um, or just want to hear that conversation of what brought people to this special organization for us and what experiences they've had on stage, what they've done backstage, what they've really enjoyed as part of their experiences here with the Muni. So what I think we should do is maybe talk a bit about our own experiences uh, when it comes to the Springfield Muni. And so I think one of the first questions, if I remember correctly, uh, thinking back to my notes about these interviews, is how you got involved. So, Jacob, how did you get involved in the Springfield Muni? Oh, that is an interesting story. So I grew up in Jacksonville 
And um, I mean, I'd heard about the Muni, but for whatever reason, I had never gone to the Muni. I think it was my junior year in high school, the band boost, I was heavily involved in the band and the band boosters every year had a spaghetti um, supper and silent auction and they got donations from all kinds of groups and one of the donations was two muni season tickets and um my mom bid on those and won them so i got two season muni season tickets and my mom got them for me and um I don't remember why my mom didn't go with me, but my grandma ended up going with me that entire summer. It was the 2005 season. So the first show I ever saw at the Muni was The Sound of Music, 2005. And I had done a little theater in Jacksonville. And I, there might have been some people in like the choruses of the, the, that I might have known a few people, but not very many people yet that are now great friends but um the sound of music was jim leach was captain von trapp i do remember that i cannot recall who was maria but um i do know that Lindsay was one of the von trapp children i believe taylor lutz who was now taylor morning i do because i did a show with her like two or three years later at a new salem was one of the Von Trapp children. But anyway, that was such a great show. It's one of my favorites anyway. Um, and then the next show, oddly enough, that I saw show number two was Ragtime, which we were supposed to do um, this past, well, last year, and then was supposed to do it this year, but that's not going to happen. And then Annie, Get Your Gun, which was a great show, was Mary Myers and John O'Connor with Gil Oakferman playing um, Buffalo Bill Cody. And then um, Beauty and the Beast with Sarah Geckner was Belle. Gus Gordon was um, Lumiere. Nancy Diefenbach was um, Mrs. Potts. Troy Kemp was Gaston. Oh, who, oh, Steve Williams was the Beast. But of course, as I said, at the time, I knew who none of these people were. Um, but anyway, now you've then, talked to a lot of them for this project. It's yes, funny because you were well, going through yeah, those names. And I've done Mary. We did we did do Mary, my so and then actually my mom got season tickets again the same way the next year. And um so that's kind of and then the third year, I think it was all four shows, and then it was kind of hit or miss. Then fast forward to 2010, late 2010, I moved to Springfield. So actually 2011, I auditioned for Muni, but did not get cast. But Gil was doing volunteers then. And I, I had met Gil by then. And Gil got me to volunteer. And that's how I started. And I kind of, with the job that I had to work like nights and everything, doing theater just so I like didn't do theater for probably six or seven years, like other than volunteering but actually like being involved with shows. Then Phil Funkenbush got me back when I um, my job went to days. So, um, and Phil got me back. 
And then um, I auditioned for Annie in 2018 and got cast. Um, I auditioned to be Mr. Bundles, the laundry man, because I wanted something smaller because of my role in front of house. Was not cast as Mr. Bundles originally, but um, Mr. Bundles dropped and I ended up as Mr. Bundles. So it kind of... <laughs> and it's seren- serendipitous, right? Yes. And um, that was such a fun show, fun Role. I'd actually done a show with Carly in Jacksonville while I was in college. So it was fun to actually do a show with Carly as the well, director instead of sharing the stage with Carly. Right. Anyway. Well, and, and actually I'll kind of chime in there because Carly's my connection point to Muni originally as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I was working as a student worker at the Sangman Auditorium box office and mm-hmm. uh college student at UIS and Carly knew that I liked theater. We had talked about it Mm -hmm. and she said, you know, we have this thing called the Springfield Muni and I'm directing a show out there. And so in 2009, I went to go see Oliver. who was my first show ever watching on the lawn at the Muni. We instantly fell in love. My wife, Anna and myself uh, just absolutely loved everything about that experience that night. It was even a little bit damp and kind of rainy, and we still loved it. Everything about it, uh, being able to watch that show. We came back and saw the producers that year, and then also Fiddler on the Roof that year as well, and just really enjoyed all of the productions. And so the very next year in 2010, it was right around the same time that you were moving to Springfield, um, we auditioned for a show. And at first, we, we weren't sure what exactly we were going to audition for. But I'll tell you, I, and it's funny, I always bring this up around the time of the audition workshop because the audition workshop really changed a lot about what we were going to do as far as auditions were concerned. We were thinking about going for Into the Woods um, because it was just a show that uh, we had known about and uh, something that we thought that we would get, you know, might get involved in. And then all of a sudden, this director at the workshop talked to us and was just so open and welcoming. And not that the others weren't, but uh, I think if anybody's met Mac Warren, they know that he has this certain charm to him uh, when you speak to him. And so we were like, you know what, we should really put down this Seussical show. And so we went and auditioned. Uh, thank you to Kevin Kulovic as well, because he provided some music for us and kind of told us, gave us the lay of the land with how Muni works. Um, and then auditioned for that, went to callbacks. And from there, uh, was able to be passed in Seussical. And kind of the rest is history. We started doing theater around Springfield. So Seussical was our first show in the area. After that, um, as maybe it happens often, you get this opportunity. And then after that, you are uh, you get bit by the bug and then you're in mm-hmm. shows for the next five years straight, <laughs> right? All of a sudden you look back and you're like, wow, I really need to take a break now. But it's it was just incredible to be able to have that experience. And uh, it was so great because so many of the people we met through Muni became good friends. And I always tell people, and maybe some don't believe me, but I'll keep saying it. Muni is a big part of the reason why we live in this area still, because we weren't sure exactly after college and uh, after first jobs and things like that, what our plan was going to be. 
But then we met so many amazing people through this organization and through other uh, community theater organizations in town that it was like, it, it just became like we were part of the family and, and who's going to leave their family, you know, right? And so that's uh, sort of my start with the Muni. But you mentioned too, and I know I, I kind of interrupted your story about Annie, but you also mentioned how active you are in volunteering in front of house too. Do you want to talk a bit about that or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, that actually, I kind of got ahead of myself. So as I said, I did not get cast in 2011, but, and I kind of, I mean, it was the first time I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I had done shows in Jacksonville, plus I had done two shows at New Salem's Theater in the Park. And that's where actually a lot of my theater connections that I knew I had met. But um, I volunteered and I pretty solely did the golf cart for several years. Which, by the way, if people didn't know this, the gold standard of volunteering at Muni, in my opinion, and I know you have been a head usher, you've done every role at Muni, Jacob, but there, there are hardly any jobs better than driving the golf cart. That is true. And I have not done it other than getting them out of the concession stand for a number of years. Um, (laughs) um, But anyway, so uh, probably 2014, maybe Cindy wall was in charge of volunteers and she and I really like meshed. And she tells me, when, no, it was 2015 because it was during spam So she tells me one night, she's like, you have a choice tonight. You're going to either work concessions or you're going to head usher. And I look at her for a minute and it's like, I'm head ushering. Because concessions is um, not a fun job. Well, to me, it's not a fun job. It's a necessary job for the organization, but it is to to me personally. So that's how I started. And I kind of moved up and then through an act of insanity, or I don't know, I uh, agreed to be on the board several years later, (laughs) I got nominated. (laughs) I, um, and that really shocked a lot of people in the cast of Muni that, they're like, what do you mean you haven't been on this stage before? And I was like, no, I haven't been in a show here. And I mean, I I guess a lot of people just assumed that I had been. And I was like, nope. And it felt weird. It it kind of, as much as time as I'd spent out there, it felt like I had been, it didn't feel like I was a new cast member. It really felt like I was like returning. Yeah, and you know, my uh, coming along to... Uh, where I became part of the board um, as well. I had some previous experience in the um, Springfield Area Arts Council. I had been president of that organization. And so took a bit of a year off and then was asked to join the Muni board and started doing a lot of their their marketing and things like that. Um, and now I'm helping raise money for the Muni, which I should put in a plug. You can find the Backstager Donors Club information on themuni.org. You know, let's talk a bit about maybe some of our favorite experiences out at Muni too. And, and certainly I can start there because mine was fairly recent. Um, it, I've had a lot of fun roles. It's really difficult because every show brings something so special to it. And the cast uh, really does come together 
much like a family uh, in many of these productions. And it's very hard to see them go. But, you know, it's, it's also fun when you get a chance to play a role you've always tried to play. And I don't know that I'll ever be a leading man on the stage, but I'm always up for being their goofy sidekick. And so I'm very, I was very thrilled to place me um, in the summer of 2019. It was so much fun uh, to place me opposite Gus Gordon. And that was such a fun uh, experience with Peter Pan because my son uh, is little enough to where really that was his first experience and uh, his first time seeing at least that version of Peter Pan. And so even to this day, he still talks about that performance and me being Smee. And it's just like, it warms my little dad heart uh, to listen to him talk about that. But, but those are the types of things that I think you can have on a stage like the Muni that maybe even transcend other uh, venues that you can have those types of performances on because there's something just, and I know we say Muni magic, but there's something so magical about being out on that stage in the middle of the summer. It could be a hundred degrees. It could be, I mean, we were doing shows in September. I remember I went to go see Rent and it was like 40 degrees out. It could be whatever weather it is. And there's still something just so special. And the energy that comes off that stage is something that's very hard to replicate other places. So I, I think that that's why it brings so many people back and you, you see all the people that come back to auditions and then help out for volunteering and just sit in the audience, just thousands of people from across central Illinois and, and elsewhere to come and view these shows and see it and experience what we have out at the Muni. And I think that that is just, it speaks to all those stories we've started to collect of the people that have built this organization and keep it moving forward. But what about you, Jacob? Do you have a particular favorite memory that you want to discuss or something that you'd want to mention? As I said, I've only been in the one show. And I mean, that show, so many memories from that show. It just was a fun show. It was a fun cast. I mean, Annie is one of those shows, and I'm not the only person that has said this. I've been told by was told this by several other people who had been in other productions at either Muni or when Theater Center did it. Annie is one of the best shows to be at the chorus because literally, and I can attest to this after doing it in act one, if I wasn't on stage, I was in the middle of a costume change. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was a road and it was just so much fun, fun being that busy. I mean, I had the small role with the speaking part, but I was here and there, and then act two, where it's a lot of smaller scenes, I got some breathing space, but it was fun being on stage with Gus, I mean, I've known Gus for years, being on stage, being on stage with Gil and Ann Oberman, who, again, I've known for years, and I've actually stage managed shows for them, but like had never been on stage with them, there's probably other people, but I mean, the orphans were fun. It was just a great show. But then as far as, you know, volunteering is always fun. It's you get to see the show for free. I mean, you get to help out. Um, it's always fun. And being up there at the top of the hill, you see a lot of magic. There's been so many great shows I've seen out of Muni. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many great. And even the ones that maybe were not so great had good moments in them. But there are three shows that I want to 
mention as powerful and where that muni magic was truly on display. Now, this could be controversial, Jacob, just so you're aware. I actually, these three shows, I don't think anybody's going to argue with. Okay, so you're going to put yourself out on a bit of a win. Two of them are pre-you. Okay, the first one was Ragtime, the first time. I mean, that is just such a powerful show. Lori Barnes directed it. Gosh, other than Steve Kaplan was Tate, I really cannot... I think Tony Young was um, Cole House Walker Jr. But other than that, I really can't tell you who else was in it. But it was just such a powerful show. I mean, it had you, your emotions were going wild. Then the second one was Miss Saigon. Very powerful show. Paul Presney directed it. Um, Josh Ratz was the engineer. Other than that, I could not tell you who. Though there was somebody I went to college with that was in the course of that but I can't remember her name either. <laughs> and then the third one, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is Les Mis, all around perfect cast. I mean, that's one of those shows that you had people in the chorus that were leading roles, that usually played leading roles, just because, and we've done a few of those, especially through these interviews, you'll hear about that, so a few of those shows, that just because of the show, but you had people that were leading men and women were in the chorus of that show just because they wanted to sing the music. And it was such a powerful show. And I mean, there's been, I'm, there's been fun ones like the beauty and the beast. I've seen twice out there. Both were excellent productions. Little mermaid, um, Mary Poppins. I've seen Peter Pan three times. Every (laughs) off each production was very different. Well, you just mentioned uh, a couple of Craig Williams productions and um, kind of my, Mm -hmm. what I've said is my gold standard uh, in terms of shows. And again, like you said, there's so many good shows that I've seen out there and you just go for the, it's it's a full experience truly, but um, there was something to seeing uh, the, all of these wonderful dancers and singers sweating through their suits and everything else during hairspray in one of maybe the hottest summers that I can remember and in one of the hottest environments to do a huge dance show. Uh, And it was just such an incredible night. The energy of that night was just something else. And then this past season, the last season that we had closing out on the Wizard of Oz, that was uh, my wife, Anna and Connor McNamara uh, co-directed that show and just something magical about that and, and knowing her story of how much the Wizard of Oz means to her and seeing that come to fruition and that be developed and be seen on stage. Uh, But, you know, like you said, there's so many great shows out there that it's, it's difficult to call out individual pieces of them because there are perfect people. Like let's talk about uh, Kevin Hart as the role of Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors, that boy was born to play Seymour. <laughs> I mean, he was so perfectly cast in that show. Um, you know, there's there's others that immediately can come to mind and just do so, just did such a great job with delivering their parts and mm-hmm. really uh, just bringing a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing theater to the stage. Yeah, I mean, beauty is a special place. I mean, the heat. I mean, I think there's there's just something there's just something about it that, and I love doing theater indoors. I mean, I love it, but there's just something about 
doing it outside that's special. And we've certainly had our share of weather-related stories as well that I'm sure we'll get to share as we're talking about these stories that people have had. Uh, yeah, and- weather, the weather just, and we've we've had this, um, and you'll hear this in some of the other interviews that, um, well, I'll just be blunt with it. Um, we didn't used to be as smart with calling the shows as we are now. Um they didn't call the shows when they probably should with lightning going on overhead. And you'll hear some of the stories. Well, what a um, nice teaser there, you know, and we, we probably have slightly better uh, technology yeah. than they did at the time. Yeah. I can tell you stories of that parking lot being a mud pit. And I remember that that first night I had ushered and during spam a lot, that was, I think the we did. We had a year. It just rained like almost every single night, and they got in some of the shows. That parking lot was a mud pit, and the director Mac Warren and the assistant director, who I believe was Nathan Peak, were like pushing cars out <laughs> of the parking lot, and it's just like store. But people came out to see the show. We had that opening night at Peter Pan too. People. And, well, and I remember the, there's a lot of opening nights that couldn't happen because of rain and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, as we're starting to think about the interviews we've already conducted and, and I yeah. should notice, I should note that this is, we have to kind of put an asterisk on this. So we've conducted at this point, uh, over 30 interviews. And so we have lots of stories to share with you. But as we said, this is an evolving project. And if you would like to get involved in this, you'll hear this at the end of every episode, but certainly email us at history at the muni.org because what we can do is we can take your story and, and somehow document it, whether that's through pictures or videos or maybe interviewing you for a future episode or, or releasing this as part of the Muni Oral History Project. But I really see this as an ongoing thing. And I think it's something that we're pretty committed to. And so what we're going to do, I, you know, we haven't formally discussed our release plan, but I think we'll release these uh, several at a time. So you can kind of soak up those stories and then you'll be able to hear uh, the next set of them as we go along. And and this is going to be a difficult question for you, Jacob. So I'm leaving this. This is probably the, the hardest question I've asked you all night, but can you, out of the interviews you've had, can you tease us maybe something that, uh, was just really profound or incredible or something that was really fun that you've got out of some of these interviews and maybe uh, give us a bit of a a highlight of one of your favorite moments that you've had so far in conducting these interviews. And if you need a moment, I have one at the top of my head if you want me to uh, go first. Well, actually, I, I do. there's been a lot of great stories, and um, but the w- one interview that really, well, actually, they're kind of two that kind of gave the uh, same point. Russ Dunlap, who was a leading man at the Muni um, from the late 70s through the 80s, for, through the late 80s, he moved away, and he even directed two shows. He you could still tell all these years later, and he was only here for a little bit more than 10 years, but still, he's like still amazing friends with like Doug Hahn, Lee Steiner, Gary Scholl, like that group. But he also, Muni is still, has a special place in his heart. He moved away when I was a baby. So, I mean, still, still um, 
over 30 years ago, but still. And then the other one was Courtney Young, who is, and you'll find out more about this in her interview, but she is one of Muni's success stories. We've had actually several. Um, one we're still trying to check down, um, Pete Samuel. If anybody knows how to get in contact with Pete, please let us know. But anyway, um, Courtney um, has been on Broadway and she was the dance captain, actually was a replacement dance captain for the producers on Broadway and actually worked with Mel Brooks. And then she was actually from the beginning when he did Young Frankenstein. And so she was involved because they had a director choreographer, Susan Stroman. She was actually involved in the creation of the dancing dances for Young Frankenstein and the creative process of that. So she got to work with Mel Brooks again, like he was in the room when they were creating the dances. But she talks about still she credits muni with where she is today she says muni gave her the foundations how to get there and she's another one that what she auditioned as a kid she was not cast her first time auditioning but um she kind of went on a whim because her friend um missy well missy homa but missy cartwright now was going to audition but she talks about how special muni is and muni's a big part of where she is today it prepared her to go on to a professional career in theater. And now she's um, she's into teaching at Ithaca College, which is a college in New York State that um, has a huge theater program that actually churns out a lot of people that end up in Broadway and film and television. And then, of course, we have a lot of like special stories. I mean, Gary Shull gave some really good stories about he's the only one we found so far that was actually involved in Muni's first round in the 50s before the fire and um, Muni kind of going bankrupt. And then Muni was re resurrected in the mid 60s. But Gary's the only one we found that actually was in shows in the 50s. Um, but there's a lot of heartwarming stories. Yeah, it's just cool to be able to capture these stories and to be able to listen to them. And, you know, like I said, I have not uh, interviewed nearly as many people as you, but even in the stories that I've been able to uh, listen to, I'm thinking about uh, Adeline Shrewsbury, the very first interview we did. And it's likely the very first interview you're going to hear because that family means so much to Muni. I was stunned by, um, <laughs> she had... Uh, prepared for us and she'd written out everything uh, that she wanted to say and, and really almost read it as though it was, it really truly was a, an oral history story, which I think was great, a uh, wonderful way to do that. And it was, it was incredible because she had said something about how they first got involved, her and Tom. And for those of you that don't know, our concession stand is named after Tom. Tom Shrewsbury is uh, the name of the award that we give to sort of the board member or uh, the volunteer that goes above and beyond every year. You get the Shrewsbury Award, and it's awarded from the president uh, that year. So a big deal in Muni. We find out, you know, and not to, not to spoil it here, but we find out that uh, they got involved because the neighbor needed to use their dog in a show. And it just so happened that uh, because of that, they got involved in uni and 
And then truly, I don't know if the Muni would look like it does today without that family. And so that's a really cool story to hear about. And then you hear tales like from Natalie Randall, who is outliving New York and has been an equity actor now for several years. And she talks a lot about her experiences and how Muni has drawn that back. I, I mentioned we spoke to Carly Shank earlier. That's a really fun interview. Uh, Tiffany Williams, Craig Williams, not related, but boy, do they both give such wonderful interviews. Uh, and it, it's so great to be able to hear these stories and be able to kind of listen to those experiences. So I, I guess I would ask you if you have any final thoughts on this project, um, Muni in general, anything you want to say as kind of a final word? Well, certainly if you are listening and you have a Muni story, even you didn't necessarily have to be back, uh, on stage. If you worked backstage, were on the board for a number of years, let us know because, I mean, the people we're interviewing either come from our memories or are suggested by other people. And surely people are going to be forgotten so and we mean no offense by that but that's just the way these projects work so please if you're listening to this and you have a story to tell let us know and we will get it down so. absolutely i can't say it any better than that so what you can do is head to history at the muni.org you can email us there you can find these episodes on the muni.org we're also going to try to get them up on some podcast feeds for you and we'll have more details about that you should just follow muni on social media so you can follow them uh the muni on facebook you can also search for the muni opera on instagram and follow along with them there because I know that in this time when the Muni will be dark for another summer, as we prepare to really open up in earnest in 2022, I think that we are going to see a lot more stories about the Muni story and what this what this theater really means to the greater Springfield area. And so we are happy to be a part of that and um, just glad to have had these conversations and glad that you are finally getting to listen to those. So. Thank you so much, Jacob, for your hard work on this. And if you want to get a hold of us, remember, just look for us at historyatthemuni.org. And we hope you enjoy the Muni Oral History Project moving forward. Thank you for listening to the Muni Oral History Project. This is an ongoing effort to capture the memories and stories of the Springfield Municipal Opera. If you have pictures, videos, or stories you'd like to contribute to this effort, please email history at themuni.org. Your hosts have been Jacob Potty and Craig McFarland. Production assistance by Vanessa Ferguson and Jeremy Geckner. Special thank you to the Muni Board of Managers and the Muni Board of Trustees for their support in this effort. And thank you to all the Muni family who continue to help us create magic every summer.